I had viewed these subjects, folks that I photographed as heroes, and they just all said the same thing. No, we're not heroes. We're just doing our job. Enchanted Sky Media. 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 Code 3, the podcast for firefighters. Now, here's your host, Scott Orr. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again on Code 3. My guest today is photographer Paul Mobley. His latest coffee table book is titled American Firefighter. Working with writer Joellen Kelly, Paul chronicled the real-life stories of firefighters around the U.S. He covered everyone from rural volunteers to city departments. It's Paul's fourth book, and here to talk about American Firefighter is Paul Mobley. Welcome to Code 3. Hey, Scott. How are you? Good to talk to you. Thanks. I'm doing well. Well, you've written or shot for several other books. How is this one different? Well, they're all, each book has been different in its own way. Uh, whether I'm photographing a 115 year old person or a farmer, a uh, fourth or fifth generation farmer, the, the firefighter book project was, was so different for me because, uh, like the other projects I'd done, Scott, I had, really no background and didn't know a whole bunch about firefighting and the fire service. So I went in very naive, um, but came out very enlightened and have a, have a brand new uh, respect for the people who do this work every day. That's great. What is an example of something that you learned along the way? Uh, well, besides, you know, one of the firefighters said to me, I have my family at home and I have my family at the station. To me, those two things mean family. And I, I knew there was a camaraderie within the fire stations that I had went uh, and visited, but I didn't, I didn't realize how deep and how tight of a bond it really was. So many of the, the stations that I went um, not only if I was only photographing one person within that station, all the other guys and the women involved all, you know, really helped and encouraged and were there to kind of support what we were doing. And I, I just, you know, in my business, people, uh, come and go and they're always on the move. So you don't have these great friendships and long-term relationships with people. And, and that was the thing I think I was most in awe of was not only the support and the, you know, the friendly nature of each firehouse, but you know how they were all brothers and sisters in the end. So what commonality did you find among firefighters other than the brotherhood? Well, I think selflessness would be the best choice best word, uh, station after station, person after person. Um, I had viewed these subjects and folks that I photographed as heroes, and they just all said the same thing. No, we're not heroes. We're just doing our job. We're just doing our job. 
And I tend to ask a lot of questions. It's just my nature. So I would ask a lot of questions of these people I photographed and some of the answers just kind of blew me away. Uh, when somebody said, oh, well, I jumped out of a third story building uh, to, to save a baby and I broke my back, but you know, it's what I had to do and it's just my job. So I, I would say just humble and, and selfless uh, giving to others, which is so refreshing in the world we live to see people that just want to help others. How much travel was involved in putting this book together? Well, I started the book with a couple of firefighters scattered about two or three years ago. Uh, and when we knew it was really going to be a project, we hit the road and I'm going to say almost 20,000 miles. Um, we kind of crisscrossed the country. Um, our biggest kind of run was almost three and a half weeks where we just went nonstop, but then we did some subsequent trips up in the Pacific Northwest to kind of fill in. So it was, you know, it was quite a, uh, quite a haul. You know, we, we kind of had all four seasons during this journey, you know, we'd, we'd be in Florida and it was warm and then we'd go up to Maine and it was black ice everywhere and below zero. So in many ways it was a, uh, it was, it was a, a trip that I'll never forget for, for so many reasons. How did you select the subjects that you photographed for the book? Well, I think um, with Joellen, uh, Joellen did the interviews of the subjects. But from what I understand was through the National Fallen Firefighters Federation, um, you know, you would nominate a fellow uh, firefighter, a, a fellow member of your team, and there were just people would write in and, and suggest or recommend the person they thought was worthy of, of being in the book. And uh, Joellen and, and, and her people all chose, uh, I, I suppose, the, the most colorful stories or the stories they felt were most worthy of being uh, showcased. So uh, I knew uh, before I hit the road, who I was photographing, and I was able to read a little bit of a bio about what they had done, the awards they had received, things like this. So I kind of knew a little bit before, which was helpful because a little bit, you know, when I take a portrait of somebody, I like to know who they are and what they've done a little bit. And it, it seems to mold the way the picture is going to turn out. Now, firefighters are known for not wanting to draw attention to themselves. How much of an issue was this for you, or was it a problem at all? You hit it right on the head, Scott. So many of the people, when I would show up to take their picture, were shy, apprehensive, like, why me? I don't really like my picture taken. But after we started to talk a little bit, you know, I typically don't just pull the camera out and start shooting. I would sit down and we'd talk and have a little bit of the breaking of the bread kind of thing to, to try to get a comfort level. But what I think made these pictures so great is they're so authentic. You know, when you photograph a model or a celebrity, they're kind of ready. You know, they know how to turn the button on and flip the light switch and, and start that posing and start that, okay, here's what I need to do. Because none of these folks uh, had done that in many cases, some had never had their picture taken, it really made for an authentic portrait. 
I, I love to photograph people that have never had their picture taken because I don't get the same pose that I'd get from a model time after time. And it's, I think it really made it great. So I didn't have anybody who just didn't want to do it. I just, in many cases, had to walk people through the process and say, this is what I'm going to do. And I think most people enjoyed the process because it was something they had never done before. With that in mind, what was the biggest challenge you faced while you were on these shoots? Well, I would say in many cases the weather because I found that when we had got to our locations, you know, we were on such a schedule, but when we would show up at the firehouses, all these pictures were taken in the firehouse. I kind of used those as my backgrounds. I um, would look around the firehouse and see an area or something that I thought would be interesting that would complement the subject. Um, and when I got there, uh, even if I would have had needed 10 assistants to, to make a picture work by either hoisting me up on a ladder or needing to get lights turned on or sirens turned on, um, there was always so many people in the firehouse to help. So I found that that was kind of our safe haven when we when we arrived there. I knew that I was going to get the picture because there were so many willing and able people uh, kindly uh, offering to help us. What's your best story from this whole project? Gosh, Scott, I knew you were going to ask me that, and I was thinking about it this morning. Um, there were so many. I mean, I could give you just little bits and pieces of so many that I, you know, the first guy I photographed, we had uh, started the book in St. Louis and I photographed a guy named Mario Montero, who, you know, he was the very first subject, very first day. We had driven through the night to get to him, so we were exhausted. I didn't know what to expect. Um, but here's the guy I was saying that, that jumped out of a third-story building to save some ch children and broke his back and, you know, didn't have his, um, his belt when he jumped and was telling us in detail of you know, how it felt when he jumped out that building, knowing how much it was going to hurt and how it turned into a slow motion thing and how, you know, he had so much support after he, you know, broke his back and, and, and made his way back onto the fire service. I mean, I was like in a daze when he was telling that story. Another one, uh, Paul Giacomo um, from New York was born with only two fingers and one toe and and just persevered through all of that and became, you know, an amazing, amazing subject. And, and firefighter, again, just didn't want any sympathy or any, uh, just wanted to do his work. Um, there was a guy we met in um, Denver who had cancer, uh, and it came back three times. Um, and he was telling me how, cancer, which is so prevalent within the fire service and how uh, he swore when he originally was originally diagnosed that he was going to beat this no matter what. He beat it and it came back again and he beat it. It came back again a third time. And on the third time he looked at me and he said, Paul, uh, it, it literally, I couldn't hold on anymore. I couldn't take another day of the chemo and I was just finished. And all the guys from the station showed up on the day that I decided I wasn't going to, I couldn't, couldn't hold on any longer. And all the guys showed up at the station and said, we need you, Richard, we need you, please come back. He said, and, and that got him through it. And now he's cancer free. And it was just 
so many stories like that, Scott, that I, I'll never forget, you know, and just <laughs> nobody looking for any pats on the back or any awards, just want to get back to work and be in the brotherhood, you know. Some great stories there. Thanks for chronicling them, Paul. It was a it was a trip uh, of a lifetime, Scott. All right, Paul Mobley, thanks for talking with me today. Anytime, Scott. Thanks for having me. And there's a link to Order American Firefighter on our website, code3podcast.com slash American Firefighter. That's all one word. Check it out. Now here's Holly. Thanks, Scott. If you've been thinking about making a monthly pledge to support Code 3, we have an even better reason for you to do it now. We've started a new subscriber-only benefit. It's called the Code 3 Bull Session. It's more material from some of our interviews. Interesting stuff that didn't make it into the regular show. But only patrons get to hear it. So head over to Code3Podcast.com slash support and make a pledge of $10 a month or more. And you'll get immediate access to the Bull Session. Don't miss it. Just like in PR, but no tote bag. Instead, we give you something you actually like. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, I'll see you later. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To get in contact with us, visit Code3Podcast.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you should. Don't miss an episode. Find us at the Apple iTunes Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. 